Hey everybody, welcome back to Movie Chatter. This is the first Movie Chatter of 2021. And uh, this is going to be an interesting episode. We kind of broke our rules about not covering movies that at least one of us hasn't seen because we thought, hey, it's Wonder Woman 84. It's going to be, it's a no-brainer, right? So, um, <laughs> I fully anticipate that in this episode... Uh, we are going to have an area in which we all fully agree with one another, but then we fully disagree about the ways in which we agree, and it's still going to be a conflict-ridden episode, even though, <laughs> technically, we all agree with one another. So, uh, stand by, because the train wreck is about to ensue. But first, I am Eric. I am joined tonight by Lou and Robin. Robin, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Yeah. Nice to see you guys. Yes, again. it has been it has been too long. Lou, I haven't seen you in ages, but uh Yeah, it's been almost like a, day, a full yeah. twenty four hours. Yeah. <laughs> Robin though, yeah, we haven't gotten to see you since uh before the holidays. So welcome. Welcome to twenty twenty one. Yes, twenty twenty. Things are already better. We don't I, have to I, wear masks, we don't have to social distance anymore, yeah. we can go out to theaters again. We we can uh, um, too soon. Too, too, yeah. too soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was gonna say the the problem with twenty twenty one is it's still twenty twenty one. You know, it's twenty twenty. Well, you know, next year now. is twenty twenty two. Like twenty twenty also. We may have a whole decade of this twenty twenty thing. Didn't Mad oh, Max hey, occur hey. in twenty twenty one? I I saw that earlier today. <laughs> I saw something about that. Yeah, was it twenty twenty one or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so. Um, and I think I responded to the meme. I was like, Ooh, when did I start wearing my leather like that? Yeah, yeah. We had a whole discussion in the memes channel in our Discord server. And uh, as I pointed out to Sheba, one of our um, other hosts here on the network, I said, just just take your other cosplay stuff and just put spikes on it. You'll be fine. You know, you got an old Mass Effect, Commander Shepard uh, cosplay, just put spikes on it. You got a SpongeBob SquarePants right. cosplay, just put spikes on it. Ooh. See this? The yeah. Eagle Freedom Project. Yes. So this is a Christmas gift from my hubby, yeah. who, because uh, our um, uh, one of our accounts that uh, a, per, a place that we buy a lot of things from, they they have a thing where you give a donation every time they give a donation every time you buy something to this particular nonprofit charity that helps um, rescue beagles because beagles are the most tested upon. Um, canines. Mm. Are they really? Of, yes, because of their docile, their very docile nature. So, so my rescue. That's, this why, that's why they don't use cats. No, no, yeah. no. Cats fight back. <laughs> my rescue puppy died today. Oh, yeah, I'm very sad. So, um, we, I, I have worn this like every single day. This is like my new go to for um for uniform for working at home. Very cool. good. So there. So that's what I've been doing. This is gonna be yeah this is gonna be an interesting yep. episode, I think. <laughs> um Let's I guess let's just rip the Band-Aid off. So it. this came out on uh, <laughs> December 25th, 2020. And uh, 
I watched it on Christmas Day, and then I rewatched it today. Wow. And because I walked away from it after watching it the first time, and I thought, okay, well, that, you know, it was... It was fun. It was, you know, a decent popcorn movie. It had, it had plot holes you could drive a truck through. Um, and there were issues, but, eh. I mean, especially considering it's a DC live-action movie, it was, it was okay. It was, it was fun. It was good enough. Then I got on Discord <laughs> and have been pummeled relentlessly for, what, 10 days now? 12 days? I'd have to look at a calendar. And so I went into it the second viewing with a very different eye and was looking <laughs> for some certain specific things. And I will say that while I, I do see other flaws in it now that I didn't see before, I also have more of an appreciation for the movie. Because I think looking at it critically to find those things also caused me to look critically at it and accidentally found other good things. Though you saw it twice. Yeah, I watched it the first time and I got done with it and I thought, okay. Um, I had some issues. I had some questions and, and that was probably my bigger thing was questions. I'm like, I need to watch this again just to, you know, see what I, maybe I missed something. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe, you know, maybe I, maybe I just missed some of the story. I'm like, well, you know, what did I, you know, why was this so glaring that it was, you know, missing stuff all the time. And, and I watched it a second time and then I realized I've got five hours on to get back. And, um, I, you know, I, I like Eric, I thought some things I thought were, were well done, but I think my second viewing really let me insight into the fact that, yeah, this just wasn't written very well. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the actors did a good job, the director did a good did a good job, but the the story was lacking on several levels. I mean, it was it was a story, it was plot holes, it was the characters I thought were kind of weird. Um, a lot of stuff that we'll get into. Okay, that's that's my initial. And Robin, what were your what were your thoughts? Have you seen it? I can't imagine you watched it a second time. Um, no, okay. uh, I, I haven't because I didn't, because I was furious, um, watching it. <laughs> I don't understand time. that and reaction. We're going to get to that in a few minutes, but like, I understand people who didn't like it, but there are people who are like livid about this movie and I just, I don't get it. I'm like, I think we watched completely different, at least Tim and I watched completely different movies. I know that. And then he made oh, well, it sound like and, you're even more livid than he was. Um, Oh yeah, I I was I was I was punching the pillow angry, and 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 it's because I I I just feel like the writing, the actors tried, mm -hmm. um, but I think the writing and in in some respects the direction and and when we get to this part, um, the the credits the end credits, um, I think. Uh, we're we're just egregious. So um, so that's where I'm gonna stick. There, there's my landing. I stuck it right there. Okay. <laughs> Furious. Furious. Okay. So. <laughs> oh boy, this is gonna be. So where you know, start? I normally don't drink when we podcast. I normally don't drink at all. But I tell you what, if I did, I, you might want. I, I think this would be a good episode to have started with. Um, 
So, uh, you know, we talked about this before. Our last episode was the first Wonder Woman movie. And that one was directed by Patty Jenkins, but not written by her. Whereas this one was written and directed by Patty Jenkins. Um, she had also written and directed Monster, which did really well, got critical acclaim, and everybody was excited to see what she was going to do with this one. Um, people were excited yep. to find out that she was going to both yep. write and direct Rogue Squadron, an upcoming Star Wars movie. And now a lot of the internet is scared, like, scared, the crap scared. scared out of them about Rogue Squadron now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we've got uh, Gal Gadot back as Diana and Wonder Woman again. We've got uh, Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. We've got Kristen Wiig as Barbara, Barbara Minerva slash Cheetah. And we have Pedro Pascal, best known for Game of Thrones and The Mandalorian, as uh, Maxwell Lord, the main antagonist. And uh, so I have a lot of a lot of notes I have written down here. There's a collection of things that I think were good things. And then there's a collection of things I think were bad things. So just to kind of give people an idea of what we're about to discuss, um, in my opinion, the good things were uh, the concept, the setting of the 1980s. I thought the directing and the acting was good. And um, a couple of other little nuanced things. And, And what was not good, we talked about the fact that there were big plot holes. Uh, the Maxwell Lord character, I think, was not written very well at all. The mechanics of the the magic side of things that was going on was not written well and, and was not consistent and didn't make sense. Um, there have been some complaints about the CG. I think there were parts where the CG definitely fell apart, especially at the end of the movie. Um, and then there were two issues that... A lot of people are debating back and forth about, and I'm sure we're about to as well. And one of which is the issue of Diana and Steve um, being intimate. And the other is about the fact that Diana is pining for Steve um, early on in the movie. And then she has him and then she loses him. So those are the topics that I predict that that we're going to cover. Are there additional sure. ones we feel like we need to throw in as far as general topics? No, I think everything in my mind is kind of along those, those pathways. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah there's a, there's, I can get myself in those pathways. Okay. Yeah. That, that seems to be the uh, most conversed topics about this movie on the internet. I'm mm-hmm. really surprised. I'm surprised about everything about this movie. Um, both the, the amount of discussion that it's generated and then how much of a disappointment overall it was like I enjoyed parts of the movie for, for me this is very much like The Last Jedi there were parts I thought were really really good there were a lot of good scenes but the overall movie as a movie didn't hold together and then there were a lot of crappy scenes too um, but I thought it was good enough I thought it was okay um, and a lot of people I don't feel that way at all. So, <laughs> you, you know, one thing I'm surprised about in the discussions I've been reading online, a lot of people seem to point to that opening sequence, the opening, the opening event, I guess, on Themyscira as as a very well crafted scene. I thought, and they thought it was great, and I didn't think it was that good. I thought the CGI was bad. The physics of it looked all kind of weird. 
Um, I mean, I, I like the, the, the piece they were trying to portray to us, yeah. you know, with what was going on with Diana and, and how shortcut and this and that, but the, the actual events of the action didn't hold up for me at all. But, but for me, Lou, that, that, that set the stage for the movie for me. And I was really excited for about five minutes. CGI stuff aside, I can forgive that because Mm -hmm. they were trying to do something big. Right. But what I couldn't forgive was everything that came after that, because there was no, there was no point in the movie where I felt that whatever lesson her mother and her mentor and their other folks were trying to teach her was ever learned. And, and in some respects, um, the hype about this being, you know, a new type of superhero movie held me right there. And then it completely fell apart for me after that. Okay. And, and I think that's where I think there were a lot of confused expectations going into this. Um, maybe. And I think a lot of people, because they put that opening scene online, especially a lot of people were looking that as at that as if it's a trailer for the movie and it's supposed to reflect the movie. And it didn't. For me, it was a nonsensical throwaway scene. It had nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Well, right. And that's so to take so that, but that, but that's, I, I guess that's my point. Like to base yeah. the rest of the movie on whether or not it had anything to do with that scene, it doesn't make the rest of the movie bad. It makes that scene bad. Well, they were, could, they were able to show that scene because it didn't give away anything from the movie. Right, and right. It did showcase action and, you know. Marketing-wise, yeah, it, it was fine. It's a good choice, right. But it was a bad choice as far as setting expectations. Right. And the only thing it did set up was the whole thing of her using the, the, the golden armored suit thing that Asteria had and, and also going to. Well, no, that was, that would flashback happened later in the movie, though. That was with her and Steve. Later on, no. What I was no, saying that is golden... that, that, that the golden statue, the the statue of of um, Asteria was there wearing the armor in that, oh, that opening okay. sequence. Oh, in that opening right. scene, yes, yes. And that was what she was looking towards when she was sitting on the ground. When I forget who the the character that grabbed her from throwing the spear to, to win the contest, mm-hmm. um, set her down, and you could see she was like looking really distraughtly as a child who was just you know taking something away from her. And also looking up at, at Asteria. But at so, that point in the movie, you don't know the context for that statue really anyway. Not at all. Not so at all. I still feel it, like... It, it came full circle at the end. It, it did. But because there was also another reference point in the movie, they, they could have just extended that a little bit and got rid of that entire first scene. Because if it had the effect on people like it had on Robin, where that scene felt right and the rest of the movie felt broken, I think what didn't fit was the scene. But I didn't watch any trailers. I actually purposefully didn't engage in any other than hearing the hype on, you know, TV. Mm-hmm. This is going to change superhero movies forever. And, and Lord help me, if it does, I'll never see another superhero movie. I never heard that it was um, supposed to change superhero movies forever. It wasn't yeah, any different than any other good. superhero movie. Yeah, well, it, or a new kind of, I think it was a new kind of, it was billed as a new kind of superhero movie. And so that that that's the expectation I went in with it. And that opening scene fit with that expectation. Mm. And then the movie completely started to unravel for me. And see, I wonder what you would have thought of the movie if they didn't have that opening scene. 
I would have thought it was a poorly written rom-com with no com. <laughs> okay. I, I definitely agree with the so, poorly written part. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that, I mean, mm-hmm. generally speaking, if we zoom out a little bit and we're about to dive like headlong into spoilers here, but if yeah, we, we zoom are. out, I, I get the impression we can all agree that the acting was good. The directing was good. The writing was abysmal. I'm going to say yes. the directing, not so good, but. Oh, okay. You are the first you know. person that I've asked about who has said that. To include your husband. Because, again, I, the, the, the director, and there was no tension between the director and the writer, unless, of course, there was a schizophrenic break in whatever trailer, you know, she was going back to every night. And so for me, there's that, that fit together. So it, it, I couldn't separate the writing and the directing. So for me, they just both fell short. Mm. And, and see, I thought she got good performances from the actors. I thought that the, the framing of everything was done well. The, um, the piecing together of things was done well. It's just that the pieces sucked. Yeah. I thought she got good performances out of the actors. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I didn't like some of the characters right. they portrayed. I mean, but some of that, you know, they fit really well in the 80s, like, you know, Max Lord's character. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for the character. I thought it was a, you know, nothing, I don't like that kind of character to begin with as far as personality goes, but it fit the It was 80s. very much an I 80s mean, type character. Whole, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. But but my bigger problem with everything was the, the whole, you know, the, the, the story didn't seem very consistent mm-hmm. um, in the way they applied the magical aspect of the um, Dreamstone, Dreamstone, right? That's what it was called? I think so. Wish. Oh, yeah. I'll have to well, look it up. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, yeah, but it didn't seem very consistent how that was placed. There was a lot of confusion, people that watched it, whether or not, you know, how it was doing what it did, what it, it did take away and give it somebody else, or was it, you know, some people were assuming that, that Diana's powers were leaving and going to... Um, mm. Uh, what was Gita. Gita. Name? Barbara. Barbara. Um, and that really wasn't the case, right. but then it was, it was awkward to how that portrayed some sequences you had where Diana was, was losing her powers in the next scene. She was doing phenomenal stuff, but you could tell she was labored doing mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, okay, so you could barely break open the lock on that, that door going in to see Max Lord. And yet the next scene you're having trouble, but you were throwing yourself over vehicles and you know, all kinds of stuff that nobody, nobody would do if you weren't, you know, a superhero type thing. Um, and it just didn't seem very consistent. It just seemed so in that, in that inconsistency led to confusion in the storyline mm-hmm. and, and confusion in the viewer for what was going on. When I watched it the second time, Dreamstar. I was a lot less confused about those sorts of things. And, and I, there were a lot of things that didn't make any sense to me the first time around that when I watched it the second time, like, okay, well, now that I have more context and now that I know a little bit more about how they tried to say that this was supposed to work, it makes more sense. Like mm-hmm. her powers, they weren't going to anybody else, but they were waning right. over time, just like Maxwell Lord's, um, uh, the, the payment he had to make that was over time. Kristen Wiggs loss of humanity was over time. Um, and I, I think that, so to cover some of the good things, I liked the concept of the movie, even if the execution was very flawed, I liked the concept. In the first Wonder Woman movie, we had the concept of love and hate. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so hate was kind of personified in the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, even sure. though I thought the ending was a little rough. In this one, we had greed. And, and the entire movie was about greed and the consequences of greed. And, and so what better time period than to set it in the 80s? So that made sure. sense, too. So I like this setting. And I thought they did really well with portraying the setting and the costumes and the set pieces. And that mall at the beginning of the movie, that's where I used to hang out as a teenager. And so, you know, there were little things that, that kind of pissed me off a little bit, like the phone booths were blue and not red. And the timeout arcade was actually up on the third level, not the second level. <laughs> and that's not where the Orange Julius was. It was down the hallway. And, and But, you know, it, it was still kind of fun to see right, that. Right, but so the setting right. worked and I liked that concept. I, I liked the fact that we're not just getting go and punch the bad guy in the face for 20 minutes in this big Avengers wrap up at the end. And then, yay, we won the day. Like there's, there's something a little bit more meaningful behind the concept. And I also like the fact that when mm-hmm. they used the Dreamstone, you know, they were each wishing for something they didn't have that they felt they could never successfully attain. And in doing that, they had to make payment with what was most valuable about them or most valuable to them. Diana had to give up her powers in order to get um, the the one void that she couldn't fill in her life back. You know, she's watching these other people go out on dates and stuff like that. And, and she's just has to watch from a distance. And so that's to get that back. She has to pay with her powers. Barbara wants to actually be noticed and be somebody. But in doing so, she has to pay with the one value that she you, you look like you disagree. Uh, go ahead. OK, she has to pay with the, the one thing that that gives her some sort of value, which is her her humanity. Maxwell Lord is going after, you know, riches and, and you know, quote more at the cost of what he already has and doesn't appreciate his son, his health. I liked that sort of a concept. That's the type of thing we normally don't see covered in this, in this sort of movie. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a problem with a strong female character who can stand on her mm-hmm. own Oh my gosh, this whole argument makes me so frustrated. I have zero (laughs) problem with it because whether you're a man or a woman, it is perfectly acceptable for you to pine over a lost relationship. And I'm utterly confused at how just (laughs) rabid people have been over this particular issue. I'm like, okay, so first of all, the, the quote pining we see, Steve Trevor shows up 45 minutes into the movie and prior to that, we have two scenes. If, if you don't count the time that Barbara brought it up, we have two scenes where we see Diana thinking about Steve. One is when she's out there on the streets in downtown DC in an affluent area where there are restaurants and stuff. And you know, the age that she is right now, I say age with air quotes, her peers, and I say peers with air quotes, the other people around her that she interacts with on a day-to-day basis, they're in that age where they're going out on dates or they're in, Um, you know, earlier relationships and and stuff like that. She has to watch from a distance. She is socially alone. She doesn't have any of that in her life. She sees airplanes because Reagan National Airport's right there. and, And that makes her think of Steve. So that's one moment. And then the other moment, very shortly after that, is when just on a whim, she's like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, I wish I had Steve back. 
And then we move on. And other than when Barbara asks if you've ever been in love before, which is Barbara, that's an external stimulus bringing it up. To me, like I've heard people, I won't say any names, but in Discord, people are talking about like, quote, and I quote, serious mental health issue. That's not a serious mental health issue. There's nothing about those, I would say two and a half scenes that anybody familiar with the DSM-5 would use that and diagnose it as, wow, you are like really messed up in the head. So to answer your question, no, I have zero problem with that. In fact, I feel like that made her very believable. So so I, I had a problem with, with not the fact that he was pining for Steve, because in my mind, I'm saying, okay, so it's been 70 years for her or for us, for her, 70 years may be like a week because of the age she lives and how long it is and so forth. So I kind of say, okay, so if she still has him on his mind, fine. Mm-hmm. What I had a problem with more of the fact was that um, she didn't seem like the same strong, witty, well-put-together character we had in the first one. And we had her in... Batman vs. Superman, and we had her in um, Justice League. She seemed like a completely different character as far as how she carried herself, how she portrayed herself. I'm just thinking back to, to small things like in the first movie, when 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 she was the fish out of water in 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 our world, you know, coming from Themyscira mm-hmm. and, and trying to learn the ways and so forth. And she's talking with Steve and his secretary. That the comic timing was really good, and she was, you know, the the secretary was talking about how well. Uh, secretary, I, I just do what he wants me to do, and I get him things when he asks me for things. And she's like, "We call that slavery." You know, it's like, yeah, right? Exactly. She she was witty. She was good. She was. She, it, it was a different character. It was a, different, it was a Here, fish out of water story. Here, she's acclimated to quote the real world. Like she fits in now. You right, don't have that fish out of water. Be more more on top of her game, and she's she didn't. She didn't portray herself as a strong character anymore. I don't understand it. I, right. In what way was she weak? <laughs> She just didn't have the wherewithal to do what she wanted to do. She she yes. she seemed stronger and more headstrong and more driven to get what she wanted to do in the first movie. She was movie. naively headstrong in the first movie. In this one, she seemed much smarter, much more in control of when she wanted to do something. She knew how to go about doing it. In in the first movie, she like to me, she felt naive. And was only able to navigate that world because she had someone from that world helping her along. Now, I felt like she was a stronger character because she knew how to navigate this world and got done what she wanted to get done. But did she? Yeah. She was stuck. I feel like in this movie, she was stuck. She was stuck in a moment of longing and wanting and, um, and didn't what wasn't nothing compelled her to um towards that strength and so it just feels like she got stuck in this moment for however long you want to say it is for me it's on unhealthily long um and that that's where i feel like i didn't get the same wonder woman that i that i thought i knew Okay. I I felt like I got one that fit into the world more. I got one that was more like the comic books in the sense that she knew how to operate in the world around her. 
more than the origin story version who was the fish out of water in the first movie. And the other point about the her being focused on um, her relationship with Steve is also part of her her character development through this movie because that is where her character ends up at the end of the movie. She's able to let him go. And, and that was part of the progression of, of her character journey. So uh, like in that regard, the, the I think I, that worked too. Yeah, it, And I can see both sides of that argument. So uh, I'm not, I, I mean, we'll agree to disagree yeah. because I'm not going to come around to your side, I but I, I think they're both valid points. The the other thing that kind of bothers me about this is, um, her, you know, her love for Steve. It it, it seemed misplaced. Mm. They didn't have a huge connection in the first movie. I mean, mm. they did, but it seemed artificially accelerated. And for her to have this connection with him for this long, when the connection she had was only what a few days i, I will concede that yeah for the amount of time you know, they spent together so in the first movie that was a little weird for her yeah. for, so but to me you're you're absolutely 110 percent correct the only response i have to that i know right <laughs> it's you you've got a little bit of the artificiality of a movie they, mm -hmm. they could only portray a certain time period there if you go back to other Wonder Woman lore where you've got the television series from back in the late 70s, you've got uh, generations of comic books. There's just there's an assumption that Steve Trevor was the person that she's been in love with. And I know you can't take that and then put it into a movie and assume that the people who are watching the movie have that backstory. We talk about that all the time with Star Wars content. Um, mm -hmm. like I, I get that you, you, you win that point. I I've got no defense other than on a personal level. I accepted it because I, I was familiar with that background and I knew that mm -hmm. they could only portray a certain period of time in that first movie. It, it's not dissimilar from, um, Steve Rogers and, um, um, Agent Carter. Peggy. Peggy. Pe thank you. Peggy, Peggy Carter. Car I, I was about Peggy to say Carter. Patty and I'm like, no, that's the director's name. And Peggy Carter from Captain America, they they had to kind of accelerate uh, the mm -hmm. time in that movie. And they kind of did so with like the montage thing, which I, I'm not a big fan of. But they did a better job in that right. movie because they wrote it better. Mm -hmm. of, they gave more yeah. time, yeah. So the, the other thing that when we get into the story, and I think we, we've talked about the whole love romance thing enough of this. But the, oh, Robin the probably... Whole, I don't know. It, it looked like she wanted to jump in. She loves, she loves romantic comedies. Yeah. No, the, the, the whole, the whole wish stone thing. Um, I like the concept. I, I, I like that whole want versus need thing. We, we discussed that they discussed in the movie here, but the Max Lord character and his obsession with this stone and how he even knew about this thing boggled my mind too, because he didn't seem like the kind of guy that would be going out and doing research to find this obscure Oh my God! There's this obscure stone thing that was in mythology that we can I can use to get get wishes and get things from people. I I gotta find. And this I got thing. the impression he hired the I mean, thugs at the beginning of the movie, but with what money? If he's broke. Well, his investors. Oh, money. see, I didn't get okay, that. Okay, that's all, fair. Okay, that. yeah, the investors' Maybe money. Maybe he did. 
Why? Because how else did he yeah, know that it ended up at the Smithsonian? Right. Good question. Yep. Yep. No, I hadn't hadn't thought about that. Yep. But yeah. but how did he even know about this thing in the first place? I, I mean, it's like this is an obscure. Thing. It's not like it was like, oh, the you know the sarcophagus of Tutankhamun. Everybody knows about that. Nobody knows about this freaking wishstone thing. He's been researching this thing. He knows what it's going to do. I'm like, he doesn't seem that smart to me. <laughs> you know that that was what that's, got that's me. A he doesn't seem that smart that he would have this thought process of yeah, I'm going to get this thing and do one, do this whole. I, thing. I can see the obsession side of him, but yeah, there, there's no indication right. that. I mean, you can be obsessed all you want, you but if you don't have it. the intellect to actually, yeah. right? Because because now here you got him who doesn't really have the wherewithal to know this stuff, and you've got two people that are fairly well versed in their fields, you know, Barbara and Diana, who don't really know what it is. Diana knows more because she kind of lived through some of this stuff. You know, but even child, she didn't but, know it first. And they're experts. Um, like yeah. I've known people and, and who work like, at the Smithsonian. Oh. I mean, they're, they're not like just out of college. Usually they're, they're experts. <laughs> and, and yet he knew. Right. So that part of the story kind of broke for me. I'm like, yeah. That doesn't make sense. to I me. I want to come back to the Dreamstone thing, but before we move on, I, I know I kind of went off there about the relationship thing. And I want to make sure that, that Robin gets a chance to, Oh, sorry. It's okay. Um, so I, I no, I think I want to let let it okay. die, like truly let it die. But um, I do want to say that I, I, this was not supposed to be the Wonder Woman of the television shows, and I'm not. I am never going to be one that says, you know, Patty Jenkins ruined my childhood by giving me a different Wonder Woman. But what I do want to say is I think the point of the movie in order to advance her powers, latent or otherwise, was for her to master flight. And I did a little bit of reading around and that's where the comic books, you know, knowledge of the comic books probably enhanced the viewing of the movie because you understand that there was this controversy from what I've read, because I haven't read the comic books, um, about how she acquires flight and what that was like. I think they could have done that with, with better by not bringing Steve back, but by having her truly dig into whatever it is he had her experience fall in love with about flight. Right. Mm -hmm. So if it's about flight and about her advancing her powers, bringing him back hurt the story for me because it wasn't about her discovering it on her own. It was about her looking towards looking at someone else and saying, give this right. to me. And that that's the problem okay. for me. I, I think to me. I, I'm trying to put myself in the head of the writer. I'm guessing that if, if greed is going to be the the concept they're exploring in the film, what is the one thing that it would be easy to get the audiences to believe that Diana doesn't have but wants? And so to me, that seems to be the the purpose for bringing Steve Trevor into the movie. And from a marketing point of view... I think there's also some benefit there. It's a character that audiences are familiar with. You know, Chris Pine is a, a big actor and, you know, so mm -hmm. I, I kind of get that side of things. I, I do agree that 
so I, I do still firmly believe that near the end of the movie, it is her finally being able to let him go. And then that allows her to renounce her wish and then get the ball rolling for her to convince everybody else to, which is another silly plot mechanism, I think. Um, so there's mm-hmm. that. But if the only other thing she got out of that whole thing was that kind of him inspiring her to learn how to fly that. Yeah, I'm. And especially if that was like the reason that would be horrifically disappointing. And I'd suggest maybe she should mm-hmm. never write anymore. But I, I think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I know. There were so many other ways that that she could have yeah. gotten to that point. Yeah. The the flying part for me, and in, in I don't have the um, knowledge of the comics over the years, so I didn't, you know, know she flew or whatever. But to have her flying now and not flying thirty years later in the events of BVS and um, Justice League is like, why wasn't she flying there? Mm-hmm. You know, there but, apparently was some a little bit of disconnect uh, between the justice league that we ended up getting and what Patty Jenkins, um, what her path was for these movies, because they're things behind mm. the scene. I mean, if you look at the mess with justice yeah. league and Zack Snyder leaving, Joss Whedon coming in, now right. we've got the Snyder cut and like, and it's, right, it's not any worse than the debacle we had with the sequel trilogy in star Wars when you had three different writers and somebody's doing one thing. What yeah. It, what, in that different is, side effects, but same, you know, that yeah, it, right, very right. messy in production. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at justice league and see whether or not there were a lot of times where flying would have helped or would have, I mean, she could always jump far. I mean, she always had like that Hulk factor and she did that long jump thing in Batman versus yeah, Batman versus right. Superman. A uh, few times, but and, and she know, couldn't always exactly, fly in the comic same. books either. Like it was something where it was more of a okay. Hulk thing. Even Superman in the very, very, very beginning, remember leaping tall buildings in a single bound. That was what he did. Single he didn't bound. actually fly at the very beginning, apparently. Right. But right. Wonder Woman couldn't either. And then later on, some of the comic book writers gave her that ability. I guess mm-hmm. uh, she's one of the characters I know very and, little and about her backstory compared to um, some of the other Justice League characters, but. Um, yeah, that was and so I got to ask you guys, the invisible jet thing to me that felt like the worst possible fan service exactly. ever. Yeah. Like that was such a stretch. I, mean, I, mean, I, I get it, but it's like all of a sudden it's like, "Oh yeah, my dad did this thing years ago." We're like, "What?" Uh, I don't okay. know. I've only done it with a coffee cup <laughs> I mean, before, but here we go. It makes sense, but I'm like, that's something you're pulling something out of your butt. It's like, come on. <laughs> and, and just so they could have the proverbial invisible jet on the... The other thing is, you've got a World War One, not two, World War One pilot jumps in a now, I was going to ask you about that, too. Going, yeah, I can just turn this on and get this thing fired up. And the I'm controls really are the same, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. course. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was looking at that and I'm thinking, oh, as a pilot, Lou must be eating this up right now. <laughs> I'm like, what the frig is that? But yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> that that was one of those examples of like, I, I saw that whole scene and I'm like, oh my gosh. You, even when I thought I still liked pro- the movie, I, 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 I saw that right. scene and I'm like, oh, please don't tell me this is where things are going to jump the shark. And, and that's pretty much for me where they started to. 
Right. That was so bad. But, but overall, though, I mean, that kind of thing didn't bother me as yeah. much. That that seemed like fun popcorn stuff. What bothered me was was the actual story. I mean, that it didn't seem believable, plausible. I, I mean, it, not not the fact that it was comic book esque and out there because I, I don't mind things that are out there. Mm-hmm. This just seemed hard to follow and inconsistent and jumping around and uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, even down to the point where when he was locked into that um, Star Wars satellite thing where he's beaming his or touching people with, with particles, people. Yeah. Um, you know, his son wished he was there with him. At that point, he should have been yeah. beamed right from where he yeah. was to right. where the kid was, and everything would have well, stopped. No, 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 oh, wait, wait, wait. The son had already made his wish. Had yeah. He? And it was something along was the It was some wish? cheesy thing like that I wish, you know, for you to be because successful that, or something. Said, no, 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 no. But after that, he, like he, he made, he, he did a real wish. And it was something okay. along the lines of for him to succeed or something. And I thought, okay, except we know he's going to fail at the end. So doesn't that break the story? But we, yeah, true. how yeah, come some people got two wishes? I, w- I, w- I like, was wondering about that when I watched it again wishes. and I didn't catch anybody getting two. I you thought did? there was some, I thought people so, said Barbara did, but Barbara didn't actually was able to grant a second wish or something. I didn't see it. Yeah. Now at the end, Barbara I got didn't... additional like wishy things but not because she wished him because other pe- he collected other people's wishes and took that power. Okay. Now I'm going to take this and route it through to her. So it was almost like him gifting right. her things right. that wasn't her wishing. So yeah. that mean, didn't I'd count, have to but, watch it again but it shouldn't be that confusing. It, so. Like we shouldn't have to sit here and have a conversation trying to figure out the mechanics mm. of mm-hmm. that basic, a thing of, of uh, that basic, an element of the film. Like it should have not been confusing to right. to the audience right. and so even the satellite well, was, thing you're talking about lou it, it's it, it's a particle beam thing and you know it can reach out and touch everybody so ooh, 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 wait wait it can touch everybody and the president himself says well i mean it's a metaphor but yeah right <laughs> so if it's a metaphor and it's not literally touching the whole end of the movie doesn't work yeah yep <sighs> But but it, you know even even that to me it that, that that is like okay I can I can buy it but the confusing part was like some people's wishes happened immediately some people's yeah. wishes took took time to develop um, you know it's like you know why didn't um, Diana lose her powers right away why you know why do we well, have to bring Steve Diana back and Barbara as a guy in another body mm-hmm. instead of just now that I want to come back to that coffee, yeah the coffee came I want to put a pin in that because yeah, that's okay. an important point and that also okay. ties into another important discussion but yeah we're definitely coming back to that okay. one so I, I will say this in defense of this story Diana and Barbara and Maxwell Lord the costs the price that they had to pay for their wishes were doled out over a longer period of time. His health um, declined over time. Barbara's loss of, of humanity declined over time. And by the end of the movie, she was like completely sociopathic, had, had no empathy for anybody else. Um, and then, of course, Diana's powers waned over time. So for all of the inconsistencies in the film, it, at least within those characters, that gradual fall off 
in the payment they had to make was consistent, if not very confusing, especially with Diana's, because you didn't know whether it was, okay, is, is that going into Cheetah? Is she failing here, but then she's okay because Cheetah's like sleeping right there, like Cheetah's taking a nap, and so it's not draining from, like, are they sharing a power pool? Or, because, you know, cats sleep a lot, right? So yes. it, it was never clear, which again, right. another failing of. But, but it was also inconsistent. Like I said, I mean, she could barely take the lock off the door going into Max Lord's complex. Yeah, it got there. more severe over time, but and along the, the way next... it was up and down as it. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. And I'm like, so, so what's really going on here? That made, just made it more confusing. Yeah. Oh, and another thing. So the, the scene in the desert where they're on that car chase thing and near the end of it, Right. She takes her lasso out. She grabs the missile. She throws the missile away, grabs the street pole, swings in, picks up the kid by hitting the top of the kid's shoulder with her arm, which should have sp sent the kid like spiraling. But no, but somehow physics, you know, it magically scooped the kid up from underneath. Because hashtag reasons. Um, and then she loses her grip on the rope and slides off of it, leaving the rope tied up to the, the street lamp while also coiled neatly around her belt as soon as she stands up. <laughs> I didn't see and that, I know yeah. that movies a lot of times have little gaffes like that, but like that's a major, th this isn't major like characters gaff, yeah. reloading their guns between scenes or something. This is like, that is her thing. Like it's her lasso and she's actively using it. And it, the, the point of that part of the story is that it slips out of her hands. So it's not like she sets it down on a table and walks away for a second. You don't know whether she goes back over and picks it up again. Mm. It's an active mm. part mm. of the scene. And then all of a sudden mm. it's, it's, it's immediately back on her belt again. And I know that's a little thing, but yeah. it's an example of something that was very noticeable. And the whole movie was just strewn. It, it's, it's an example of being sloppy right. and why everything just didn't work. Okay. So, so let's go back to this. Yeah. Thing. So I want to here's I want to, I want to <laughs> tread carefully here. Okay. This, this has been a big point of contention on the internet and I agree with some of it, not with other stuff. And this might be an area where the three of us disagree again, but the, the nature of this conversation can be triggering to some people. And we're going to try to make this as non triggering for people as we can. Okay. Um, and in part, because I don't think the intention while it was bad writing, I don't think the intention of the writer or director was to have it come across this way. I truly think she did not take this into consideration when she was writing this scene. But we have the situation where Steve comes back and like Lou said, everything we're about to discuss could have been easily fixed by Steve just showing up. Simple as that. But instead, mm -hmm. Steve, Steve's consciousness, the, the Steveness of Steve was inhabiting someone else's body. So once Diana finds this out, we immediately like we get we get Chris Pine throughout all of the rest of the movie, other than the scene where he's like looking in the mirror and, and all that. It's Chris Pine that the audience is seeing as well, because we're seeing what Diana's seeing. So, you know, they're becoming romantic again. 
they wake up the one morning in bed. There's no sex scene in the movie, but it's implied that they were probably intimate that night. And then, you know, they, they get up and, and go about their business and stuff. And um, there was a big discussion online about if that presents a problem regarding consent. Because while Diana consented and Steve consented, Steve was inhabiting somebody else's body. And that that the person who inhabited that body could not consent. So one I'm going to list the different perspectives on this. And then I think we'll each just kind of give our own personal comments and we'll move on. We're not going to debate this. We're not going to fall down a rabbit hole on it, but it is a big enough failure in the movie that this has become such a point of contention because this is something that should have been steered around somehow and and written differently. Do we have to bring it up in, in order to fairly review this movie? So the person whose body is, it was, was not, consciously there in the body and yet the body was involved so um that right there seems to pretty simply sum up that there was no consent on that person's behalf and that that is a major 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 problem other perspectives on it on the internet um one perspective has been brought up to which patty jenkins herself um just briefly said in twitter exactly Uh, especially in the 80s there were a lot of like body swapping movies and Mm -hmm. it was to the point where it was almost like just kind of a trope you had big you had uh vice versa you had like father like son i think freaky friday was before the 80s you had 18 again 13 going on 30 dream a little dream um the change up wish upon a star Etc. And in some of these movies, mm-hmm. the people who changed roles um, were in, at varying levels, okay, were somehow involved in relationships with other people. And it was never <clears throat> looked at from that perspective before. Now, to be fair, there were a lot of social issues that, you know, the flip side of that coin is that there were a lot of social issues that weren't discussed then that are being discussed today and that were glossed mm-hmm. over then and, and never brought to light. And maybe those movies would be looked at differently now if they were released in 2020. So you you have to also throw in that counterpoint. Um, another perspective on this. At this point in the story, there, there's no reason to believe, based on the way it's written, that Diana didn't think that this was a permanent situation. I wish for Steve to come back Steve came back. Steve is back. Now, I'd like to think that she should have given some consideration to what happened to this other guy's consciousness. Like, did he die and go to heaven? Or did he get like bumped out into another body? Or is he like in somebody's dog right now? Or like, how does that work? But I can accept the fact that on Diana's mind, she has every reason to believe that this is now Steve going forward this isn't a temporary thing. She doesn't even know rescinding a wish is a thing until later at the end of the movie. Like that's another perspective on it is that in Diana's mind, this is now a permanent thing. And in Steve's mind, he's like, listen, you know, I, I, I fell asleep for five minutes and I wake up and it's the eighties. Like to him, he never really, you know, the no time has passed from him falling over dead to waking up again. Another perspective is that just the generalized 
and I've only seen a little bit on this, just the existential question of, you know, is to what extent, and I'm not trying to comment one way or the other, to what extent is somebody's body them versus their consciousness them? So like when you die and your body gets cremated, you don't feel that you're not in that shell anymore. So it, to what extent, the, the two people who are actually experiencing the romantic event are both there and are both consenting. And again, the, the belief being that those are going to now be the permanent people inhabiting those bodies. To what point is the, the shell, like the, the argument I saw was that like the cells in my body right now are not the same cells that were in my body five years ago because your body's constantly like remaking cells and stuff. It's literally not the same body I used to have. Right. So at what point does the physiology of the mind, the consciousness inhabiting the flesh, like there's a whole existential thing there and I'm not a philosopher and I'm not even trying to present mm -hmm. an opinion on that argument. I'm just throwing out there different things that have been said. I, I'd like to go around the table real quick and each just get our own brief opinion on, on number one, did you notice it while you watched it? Number two, did the scene bother you either while you were watching it or when it was brought to your attention afterward? And and, and just kind of a, a brief commentary and, and then we'll move on. So Robin, your thoughts on this whole issue? Uh, is she muted? Oh, she is muted. I see her lips moving. Hey, oh, there we sorry, go. Sorry, I had my my the 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 puppy was. Oh, whining, so we I don't mind whining right. puppies on the show. Fun. That's okay. Um. So yeah, no, I have zero thoughts on that. Sorry. Okay. Guys. No, that's fine. That's fine. And and not everybody does. And and not everybody needs yeah. to. Lou, what are you, what are your thoughts on it? Um, my thoughts are it's just ridiculous to have the argument about that being a non-consensual relationship i'm like it, it, it it's a story mm -hmm. there, there was no there was no ill intent to it there was no harm made you know, it wasn't like we were doing something to purposely hurt somebody mm -hmm. it, it, it was just a mechanism for the story what i had a problem with and why i brought it up in the first place was why did it happen that way you know the guy wishes for a cup of coffee and a cup of coffee appears he didn't Wish for a cup of coffee, and all of a sudden, a facsimile of something that looked like coffee that was really something else appeared. They said, "Oh, it tastes like coffee." Yeah, that's true. It's not like you had a no, bottle of beer, it, and all of a sudden, it, the beer was coffee. Yeah, right. that's fair. It, it, so, so to me, it's like Steve should just reappeared as Steve. My right. my whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, she's with this guy that she sees as the guy that was mm -hmm. there, because she doesn't see Steve. She sees the guy. I mean, mentally, she sees Steve. Only after Steve you know, reveals he's Steve. Yeah, right. But 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 well, my impression from the from the story given was that when she looks at him, physically looks mm -hmm. at him, she sees the other guy. She doesn't see Steve. She sees Steve in her heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, so a metaphor. Yeah. But but the guy that she is with is still this right. other guy. Right. You know, so it's like yeah, to that's me, it's how like, she knows what he looks like. Right. Yeah. Right. But I'm like, this is just a BS story. Yeah, you know, mechanic. I'm like, yeah. what the? And, and that's part of why that, like, we now, because of that, and because they didn't do what you said, just have Steve show up. Mm. Um, I mean, why not just teleport him in here? We're, we're dealing with mystical, literally God powers. Right. Right. Just have him pop into existence, right. and it would be so much cleaner. And instead, now we have people who, um, 
look at, at this type of issue and take it very, very seriously because of the real world ramifications that real people, not yep. fictional people, but real people experience. And now they're seeing this represented in fiction and it bothers them. I'm not one and, of those people, but yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yep. I, I, get, I, I get it. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. It's no different than being under the influence of drugs or alcohol and you're the you're a different person and you know someone took advantage of you. I, I get that, but that's not what we were trying to portray in this scene. The 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 movie was really he was replaced with somebody else. It should have been it should have been a complete a complete person there, not Yeah. Right. And and so you know, not somebody else who is To yeah. your point, I think it's important to keep in mind that I also don't think it was intentional. I don't think it was meant to be a statement on something. I think it was an oversight. I think it was just something that wasn't taken into consideration when they were writing that aspect of the story. So th- I think that's one of the important things to take away. Um, and and then ag- again, I think that, I mean, you can sit there and, well, yeah, Diana should have taken this into consideration, that into consideration. I guess for me personally, my perspective on it, I didn't catch it the first time around in the movie because it was never addressed. It was never brought up. They're literally, like I said, there wasn't a sex scene. They just wake up in the morning and they go about their day. Right. So I didn't take time to pause to think about the sex scene that wasn't shown. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. what I'm seeing on the screen, which is them getting up and him saying, yeah, I just had six Pop-Tarts and, and three cups of coffee and this place is amazing. That's what's going through my head. Right. Is the three cups right. of coffee, I, the Pop-Tarts. And weird the way they yeah. did it. Yeah. So. I mean, for all intents purposes, the guy should be just as upset with the fact that Steve's throwing all this junk food into his right? body. Right. Well, you but know, so you're abusing my body by eating pop tarts. But, but dude stocked up pop tarts and he had like cheese in a can. That's so, true. I mean, no, you, you know, know, and I'll say this saying. as, you know, as, as a, as a comic aspect of this in my mm-hmm. own mind, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I'm that guy waking up after this whole thing's done, I'm like, wait a minute. I, I slept with her and don't remember it. Wow. I, can, I have a re, can I have a redo? You know, it's like, you know, as a joke, I'm thinking, I'm not saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no, there there is a, a, that would still be a definite like serious issue, but, but see, and so that's another thing I think about the writing is it becomes like in, in universe, it becomes an issue because the guy did come back at that time, that guy no longer existed and was to no longer exist in Diana's Mm -hmm. mind. Now, again, that should have set up a whole different thing of psychological like questions and stuff but it's a movie and we've only got so much time to you know we have a, a story to tell hopefully better next time but um i i get why people are upset by this issue I, and that is it's an issue i take seriously i i've known people who've gone through that very sort of thing and that sure. that's something i am i'm sensitive to as well i don't think that was the intent I don't I think it was a complete oversight and mm-hmm. I, I think that there are aspects of the story that present enough different perspectives on it for the discussion to be longer than just a couple minutes um, and not be quite as clear cut as a real world scenario sort of thing could happen. But we're literally talking about like gods popping consciousnesses inside and out of bodies that that's not a real thing in the real world Mm -hmm. so yeah i i don't know but i i get it and i know that that broke the movie for a lot of people um and yeah it it, it's there are a lot of people i i probably see two-thirds of the discussions i see about this movie are about that single topic it's hard to not at least bring it up 
Mm-hmm. So, so, so we've talked about the 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 poor story for the the Dreamstone, the poor story for um, Max Lord. I, I want before we I, go I also on. Didn't get the motivation. The, the Max Lord okay. thing because I, I just wanted to chime in on that real quick. It started out okay for me, but as it went on, the further and further down that rabbit hole he got, it just got sillier and sillier, and it got to the point where I yeah. I didn't. Pedro Pascal's performance was incredible. I'm was like, good. wow, this guy's got range. I'm really impressed. I just don't want to see his character on screen anymore. It, it was annoying. It was right. distracting. I'm like, oh, let's please get through the scene. I just yeah. wanted to throw that out there. But but you were saying we, we saw those no, no, flaws. Fine. What I didn't get was the, the motivation for Cheetah either. I mean, uh, I mean, I got her motivation beginning of what she wished mm-hmm. for. But why was she now at odds with Diana? Because she didn't want it taken away from her. She finally now had attention and value and 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 agency where she had yeah, none she before. She adversarial before she thought she was going to lose it too. I, I don't it just didn't, she didn't feel seem... like she did though. She What's did that? I don't think she felt like she did. Okay. But again, it was kind of unclear to me at least. And maybe I just missed it. And that it, but, that's the know. thing. Like I'm not watching it a third time. <laughs> it's one thing to watch a movie a second time and get different things out of it. It's another thing to have to watch a movie a second time just to understand what you saw the first time. Like it, something like mm, Primer, mm. I get it. But a, like really like a Wonder Woman movie to walk away confused? Right, right. Mm. Well, You're it, not going to make yeah. me watch Primer again, are you? You might enjoy <laughs> it more if you watch it like. Because now you know what happens. No, I'm, we're not. We wouldn't do that to you. We love you, Robin. <laughs> yeah. No, that. And I think that's the, the one biggest takeaway from this movie. There were too many parts that didn't make sense or were confusing to really feel like it was a, a good, cohesive story. Like it just. Mm. It was broken. And, and there were a lot of yeah. good parts, but the parts never really assembled well, I think. Yep. No, I 100% agree. So let's, uh, I, I think we covered all the, the major points, unless there's anything else that you guys wanted to comment on or throw in. Well, didn't Robin have something you want to add about the ending scene? Oh, yeah, the post-credits thing? I was completely no. ambivalent toward that. I, I, I was like, yeah, that was a waste of sitting mm. through the credits. Well, so here's here's my problem with it. Um, if they wanted to cast Linda Carter in a movie, they should have cast Linda Carter in a movie. I I don't understand why why they had to bring Linda Carter back. Um, Maybe they'll use her in another they, movie. It's fan service. It's fan service, but it's bad fan. It's just I don't know. It made I more mean, sense than I, the Invisible Jet. <laughs> yeah, not that that would, not that that would take. I was much. okay with the ending scene. I mean, I thought it was fine. It was kind of neat to see her there. She even did the her arms out when she twirled thing, like she did when she was Wonder Woman. You know, um, now, but to me, it's like, are they going to bring her back now in another movie? If they don't, then I'm with Robin. This scene was useless and annoying and distracting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. made no sense. If they bring her back as that character in Wonder Woman three, which has already been greenlit then that's right. different. Then that would serve a purpose at least. 
But even yeah. then, I don't know that I want to see that because to me, when they do that sort of thing, it's distracting. Yeah. Right. I don't want to see the actor yeah. who played you the can't... character a long time ago come back with a new version of As that character, character, but like in a different role standing next to that character because it breaks right. the yeah. fourth wall. Well, yeah. you know, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Like in, you know, the the BSG reboot, we had um, who played Apollo in the original series? Um, uh, uh, oh. I keep wanting to say. Yeah. Now, so the guy no, that played I, Face I, on, on the A-Team. Um, Richard, R- R- Richard Hatch. Oh, oh, um, I'm, I'm thinking the other guy. Okay, you're right. You're Richard Hatch. Oh, you're, no, 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 you're, you're right. right. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, but he came back as another character in the BSG reboot, and it didn't bother me. It, it seemed fan service to me at first, but it was fine. If they do this right with her as Asteria in the next movie, I'm okay with it. But I, I also don't know, you know, it's like, is she going to be able to be an action-oriented actress right now at, at her age? Um, I don't know. But the, the whole it, reason, it will be believable. The whole reason they even had Linda Carter on the red carpet and in other places was because she was Wonder Woman. Right. And now you can't bring Wonder Woman back as somebody else. Um, they needed a different. If they wanted to do well, that, they did. needed a different actress. <laughs> they need a different actress. Uh, I see your point. So it, it, yeah, it. I don't mind fan service when it doesn't break the fourth wall, and I think that's one of those yeah. situations where the Mandalorian does it well mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. it it flows with the story. To me, when the right. fan service is bringing back something from the real world, when it's bringing back an actor. Or an actress, it breaks the fourth right. wall, and then it's that fan service is not only unnecessary. I think it it's harmful, and and when I say harmful, I mean from a literary point of view. I do understand that a lot of people were grateful to see Linda Carter there. Some people were really excited about it. I respect that. Just because I'm not one of those people, that's okay. You do yeah, you, I mean, and I, I'm, I'm happy that you're I'm happy. Right. But you know, yeah, I'm fine with it. It, it, it was, it was, it is what it is. I just, I just don't know if we need her back as a new character. It was fun right. to see, but you know, to, to, to me, it was no different than having Stan Lee show up in a movie um, as whatever the doorman or you know. Yeah, and I will say all the various things he's done, which does take you out of the movie for a second, but it's fun. Yeah. yeah. And, and I will say that at least they did it post credits. If they had done it in the movie itself. That would have been so much worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think it's time to wrap this up. I'm going to say that as far as recommendations go, <laughs> I mean, I would recommend you see it in in the sense that you might as well. Right? Like, <laughs> which is, I know, wow. I know, I know. Not a ringing endorsement. But if you like superhero movies, uh. And if you like, especially if you (laughs) like the DC movies, there was enough in it that was good on at least a second viewing after you understand what makes sense and what doesn't. Um, And definitely after listening to us, if you haven't seen it yet, like you'll understand now. I -hmm. think, yeah, it's worth seeing, but don't get excited about it. Like keep your expectation bar pretty, 
low and just get some popcorn and enjoy it for what it is and enjoy then walk away and go do something productive with your life like it's or or have some alcohol with there you. were yeah limbo, limbo there, there were some yeah. good messages mm -hmm. about greed and 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 what's actually valuable in your life and what's not and you know the last lines of, of so many things as diana's looking around her and seeing that there's so much to life that she probably wasn't really appreciating before like there are some good things in this movie they're just so heavily overshadowed mm. by ugh. yeah by poor sloppy lazy yeah. writing I mean, it is what it is. I don't want to say that about Patty Jenkins, but it is Listen, what I, it is. I still respect Patty you know, Jenkins. I still think... She's not coming on the show. What's that? <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, Listen, I hope this is just a one-off yeah. bad bad time she had. I mean, you know, everybody, not everybody can hit, you know, we said the other night, everybody hit a home run every time we go to the bat. Yeah. Right, And, right. you know, she did a fine job with, with Monster. Yeah. You know, albeit that was based on a true story, so she wasn't really writing the story. She, she wrote the script, but, you know, the story was kind of already there. And... Like we mentioned on Random Chatter, we don't know how much involvement um, Warner Brothers had as far as like giving right, notes and right. stuff. Warner Brothers, um, from other people I've I've read, other showrunners and producers and stuff, um, they have a reputation for meddling pretty heavily in, in right. projects. And then like even if you go back to the early days of the DC stuff, look how many times they went back and changed things. And there was like... Um, Changes made to Suicide Squad based on how Batman versus Superman did, and then changes to Justice League based on how Super uh, Suicide Squad did. Like they're, they have a reputation right. for like getting their hands in things and messing with things. I don't know. I, I'm trying to be optimistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, the next real test we're going to see is um, Rogue Squadron or Wonder Woman three, depending on which comes out first. Right, right, and you know, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, she's got a. Uh, pretty uh pretty tough audience now for for rogue squadron i mean star wars fans tend not to be so kind when they don't Lou, like something if she um, can make just five people happy with her star wars movie she will have already tripled the fan results of any of the sequel trilogy movies just five <laughs> people on this planet if she can make them happy she's so much further ahead all right gents We'll see. All right. I'm guessing neither of you two would recommend it to anybody, right? No, I I mean, I think see it. I mean, if you like superhero movies, see it. I mean, you, you know, assuming Wonder Woman 3 is going to be good, you know, you, you can't see 3 without seeing 2. That's true. And there's the silver lining. How bad can 3 be after after this, right? It's got to be a step up, right, Robin? <laughs> right? Who says you can't see 3 without seeing 2? Oh, I do. Yeah. I don't know. I think that would. I, I, I saw Indiana Jones, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and, 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 and Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. And I didn't have to see the middle I one. I saw the middle one first. Yeah. And then you know, saw the other two. The boop, 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 hard thing. Yeah. It happens, Lou. I mean, you don't have to see the last one. <laughs> there was there was no last <laughs> one. Some people say it doesn't even yeah, exist. That doesn't yeah. exist. What are we going to cover next time? We've got a few things. We All talked right. about Tenet. Oh. Um, yeah. Tenet. You guys still? Oh, we, we do, do Tenet. Tenet. We yeah. can do Soul, which uh, was really good, and a lot of people have a lot of stuff. I want to see. I want to see good Soul. things to say about that. Uh, we were talking before about doing Six Underground. We could probably put that off because I think either Tenet or Soul are things that maybe are a little more uh, newsworthy at the moment. Tenet. Let's do Tenet. No, Robin does. No, does a no on Tenet? Oh, because there's time travel. Yes. She doesn't like yes. that subgenre. Tenet. 
I want to see Tenet. I want to see. Oh, you Tenet. do want to see Tenet? Yeah, yeah, oh, oh she was shaking she her head and she was soul. saying Tenet. I got confused. I don't want to you needed soul. to write that script better, Robin. That was a very confusing script on that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't want to see Soul? Is that I, what you said? I, I, okay. Yeah, I haven't heard. You might have heard good things about Soul, but people who have seen it and talked saw to it. about it are not saw it one and a half times. Okay. Um, brilliant okay. Pixar movie. One and a half. Brilliant. Okay. Well, maybe after Tenet. Okay, so okay. Tenet it is. All right. So we will be back next week. We will uh, make, make sure you you're just your audio settings there, Lou. I, I know you've got a pretty good system there, I think. So, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, I've not yet seen it since it's been um, on home release. So I don't know if they resolved any of the audio issues. But we are going to cover Tenet next time on Movie Chatter. So tune in next week. We will be recording uh, Thursday night next week, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. So if you'd like to join us in chat, that's when you'd want to show up. Otherwise, uh, go to randomchatter.com slash YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that little button that gives you the notifications when we go live or when we post new videos and uh, you won't miss a thing. And uh, otherwise, head over to randomchatter.com. We've got a lot of great podcasts over there. A lot of good stuff for you there. We've got some incredible things planned for 2021, including a very, very big surprise, maybe, Coming for our Star Wars shows, which we can't talk about yet, but um, yeah, so 2021 is going to be a good year. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. So either that or 2020 was just the trailer and now we're, now we're going to get the, the feature film. I don't know. The first of the trilogy. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for movie chatter. Thanks for hanging out with us and we will see you again very soon.